Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. As we do this program for you, it is October 11th, day after Columbus Day. I know a lot of folks on the left want it referred to as Indigenous Peoples Day. I think the New York State Legislature in January will take up a measure to try to at least change it at the state level, which, you know, who's going to comply with that? It's Columbus Day. Christopher Columbus discovered America. Was he a nice person? I don't know. I wasn't around then. But what he did was something that uh, I think that's really what at the crux of the issue. I think a lot of these people on the left, most of them, if not all of them, do not like America. They're America haters. So they figure they'll go after Columbus Day, go after the guy who is credited with founding the country. Anyway, so happy Columbus Day, a belated happy Columbus Day to you. And I want to just make mention of the fact we I had the day off from work yesterday and my daughter Madeline had the day off from school, as did my other daughter. So we took a little day trip to Manchester, Vermont, which is a very beautiful area. Uh, it's fairly rural. It's a bedroom community, and it's you know it's entirely liberal. The entire town is liberal, and, uh, and that's fine. You know they like what they like out there in Vermont. They're a bunch of granola crunchers, and they you know they they're all thin. They eat uh, they don't eat meat a lot of them, and uh, I'm, I'm making generalizations, obviously. But we took the, uh, the kids on a trip uh, out to Manchester, and it was beautiful. I mean the foliage was great. There the, the uh, place. Where we dined, uh, it's called, the, I think, the Manchester House of Pizza, was right in the middle of the little village. And there's there's a mountain in the backdrop and some low-hanging clouds or some fog. It was beautiful. So we're taking pictures and walking along the strip. And everybody, even the people vacationing there, I mean, most of them are liberal, so they're in a hurry. They walk fast. They got their dogs. Very, very few children. You don't see a lot of kids. And you don't see many kids in, in places where liberals live anyway. Mostly it's just them and their dogs and whatever. And that's fine. You know, they're doing what they do and we do what we do. And uh, that's that's the beauty of America. Freedom is a great thing. So we're walking along the strip and my daughters are saying, Dad, there's people trying to get by it. I said, all right, they can they can walk around me. And one guy said, everything's cool. It's it's cool. But they're in a hurry. They're like they're they're rushed and they're they're just, I don't know. It's just kind of a weird place and like any place. Uh, dominated by liberals. I mean, it's, it's they're just different. Everybody's driving Subarus and these little SUVs are either Hondas or Subarus. Nobody's driving. You don't see a, you don't see many big Ford or Chevy pickup trucks in Manchester. Even the people who drive pickup trucks are driving Toyota uh, Toyota Tundras or or the Nissan pickup truck or whatever. So we had a dinner or it was a late lunch at this Manchester House of Pizza, and the prices were insane. Insanely bad, I should say. I mean, a hamburger was twelve dollars. Thinking to myself, I could buy three pounds of meat, eighty-five percent lean ground beef at Hannaford. You know, on, on any given week, but twelve bucks for a hamburger. We got an eight-cut pizza, half pepperoni, half mushroom, and a small salad. It was thirty-four dollars. It's like you're kidding me. I figured it'd be eighteen or twenty, but you know that's how it is. So we paid it and we had a nice time. It was a quaint place and. Interesting uh, characters. Vermont's a weird place. You know, it's decidedly liberal, but it's it's just weird. I just, I don't know. But the gas prices there are quite a bit lower, at least 13 cents lower than they are across the border in New York, or at least they were in Manchester. I, I should have gassed up in Manchester. 
was 374 at a Stewart's. In Arlington, nine miles south, it was 387. So I was getting low on gas. I, had a, I don't know if I was going to make it back to Cambridge, which it's also 387 at Cambridge. So I should have gassed up in, in, in Manchester. But anyway, that kind of leads me into, um, oh, I just want to make mention of one thing. These two young guys in Manchester were walking down the strip in a hurry, and they were had a baby in a carriage. Not a traditional baby carriage, one of these newfangled jobs with the two big wheels. and But two guys in their early 30s. And my, my kids kind of looked at me and, you know, you can draw your own conclusions as to what that's all about. But, I mean, it's a different place, but it was beautiful. And, uh, you know, there are two Americas. And it's, it was never more evident to me, not that it wasn't already. Yesterday in Manchester, there's a red America and a blue America. Now, we're red Americans in a blue state. I say those of us listening to the show, those of us who, and, you know, I'm preaching to the converted here. Let's face it. Most of the people who listen to this podcast are are conservatives. And if you're liberal, then I that's even better. You know, we want to get the message out there and maybe turn you, because a lot of people on the left, I think, have had it with this administration, the Biden administration. Because what he's doing, what his administration is doing, is forcing up gas prices. There is a war on the fossil fuel industry. And Biden, candidate Biden, said he was going to do that if he got elected. In the Democratic primaries, those debates with the other Democrats, he said what he was going to do. His debates with Trump, he said what he was going to do, and he's doing it. He's going after the industry, the fossil fuel industry. Now, why would he do that? Oil and natural gas, fossil fuels, is the biggest driver of our economy. It fuels excuse the pun, the nation's economy. And it will for the next three decades, according to the experts. But Biden is looking to Venezuela for help. He accused OPEC of siding with Russia in its decision to make the largest cut in oil production since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. So now he's going to Venezuela for help, a socialist government. Now, uh, you know, Citgo Gasoline, Citgo is, I think, owned by Venezuela. It was owned by Chavez. Of course, he kicked the bucket, thankfully. But another Madero, I guess Madero is another socialist who stepped in. But we're looking to Venezuela for help with our energy needs, which is, to me, is uh, suicidal. But that's why this administration is doing it. So the U.S. has proposed a deal that would unfreeze hundreds of millions of dollars of Venezuelan state funds held up in American banks. And in exchange, the socialist dictatorship will allow Chevron to produce oil on its lands. That's according to the Wall Street Journal. Why not just drill on American lands? How about opening up Anwar in Alaska? How about stopping the banning of offshore drilling and drilling on federal lands, as this administration has been doing? But no, Biden's looking to Venezuela, looking to uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, looking to our enemies, basically, to supply our fuel needs, which is just insane. And he's also, Biden, is going to release an additional 10 million barrels of oil from the U.S. Strategic Oil Reserve in November in an effort to stem the, the rising prices in, on fuel. I mean, that's just already there's a, like a quarter of the stock has already been released and it's drained reserves to their lowest level since 1984. A lot of experts it, I was reading in the Wall Street Journal, they've warned the depletion will weaken American energy security. and It's going to have only a marginal effect on prices at the pump. So why do it? Now, the White House trotted out this uh, uh, Jean-Pierre. What's her? I can't think of her first name, but she is 
ridiculous. She is the worst White House press secretary in the history of our country. Obviously, an affirmative action hire. But she emphasized with the Inflation Reduction Act, we're making an historic investment in accelerating the transition to clean energy. So they're admitting this is all by design. So after a visit to Saudi Arabia in August, which included a fist bump with the crown prince, this Mohammed bin Salman, OPEC has agreed to only a, a small increase in oil production. Now they're talking about cutting back. Even the New York Times last week said the move Wednesday by OPEC exposes the failure of Biden's fist bump diplomacy over the summer with the crown prince while undercutting his effort to stem gas prices ahead of the midterm elections. And I think gas prices were headed in the right direction. They were for a few weeks. Now they're headed back up. And I think, look, the Democrats are going to get creamed in November at the, at the federal level, hopefully at the state level. But New York State is, a, is so blue, it's red, if you get my drift. I don't think it's going to happen. All that. I think Lee Zeldin has a shot at beating uh, Kathy Hochul. We'll get to that in a minute. But I think the uh, Democratic Party is, uh, is beholden to the environmental left. A lot of these uh, people are communists in the 60s and 70s, and they kind of filtered into the environmental movement which the left tends to do. They, they take a legitimate movement. I'm not saying the environmental movement is all bad. They, they've done that to the civil rights movement in the 60s. There was some civil rights legislation that was needed, but it was co-opted. The movement, civil rights, was co-opted by, by communists. And they ruined it. Anyway, on to the governor's race. Uh, Kathy Hochul is leading, a, by some accounts, five or six points, by other accounts, like the liberal Siena Research Institute's polling there. She's got a double-digit lead. I think it's going to be a lot closer. You know, Zeldin may be able to pull it off. I think the main issues for New Yorkers in every poll that counts, crime, the economy, and uh, illegal immigration, which is affecting New York. Uh, maybe not directly, but it's, it is if uh, Governors DeSantis and Abbott have anything to say about it. But I mean, it's crime and the economy that, that really, I think, are on voters' minds. And it's not, you know, the environment. It's not, it's not abortion. I mean, I'm pro-life and abortion is an important issue, but the Democrats are want, to, want to make you believe that it's all about abortion, that Republicans are taking away, they're going to uh, make abortion illegal across the country. It's an, an important issue for those of us who are pro-life, but it's not the issue that's going to drive this election. What's driving the election, what's, what's motivating voters is the economy, the inflation rate, which is still sky high. Gasoline prices, fuel oil prices, sky high. That's what's fueling people. And, and crime is, is going up. I mean, all the things that are destroying our society are going in the wrong direction. The numbers for crime on the increase. Gasoline and fuel prices on the increase. Unemployment on the increase. Americans able to work who are not working they're on the increase. That number is on the increase. Everything that's bad for the country is on the increase. Everything that's good for the country is going in the wrong direction. That's what's going to, I think, bring people out and hopefully vote for Lee Zeldin to give uh, Republicans, to give the state some kind of a chance of survival here, some semblance of balance. Democrats control all the levers of power in Albany. Both houses of the legislature, a vast uh, veto-proof majority in the Assembly, and a, a big 12, 14 seat lead in the Senate. So if, if Zeldin were to win, I think it would give some balance and give us a shot here and prevent these downstate Marxists and socialists from running things the way they've been running them. I think Carl Hasty, the Speaker of the Assembly, is trying to walk a fine line here. 
he's not one of these Marxist radicals. He's trying to keep them in line and keep his more moderate members of the party happy. And he's having a tough go of it, from what I hear. That's a scuttlebutt at the assembly. But anyway, so uh, the leftists run the New York state legislature. It would be nice. Hochul has been an abomination. She is actually worse than Cuomo, and that's saying a lot. She's absolutely horrible on crime, on the economy, and, and everything. And I think Zelda needs to win. All right, what else happening? I think that's about all we have time for. I want to make mention the Yankees are playing the Cleveland. I guess they're calling themselves the Guardians nowadays, the Cleveland Indians. I'm going to refer to to them as the Indians, but the Yankees and the Indians tonight at 8 o'clock, game one of the ALDS. I'll be watching that. Hopefully the Yankees can uh, go all the way and win the World Series. I don't think they've won the series since the early 2000s. Maybe 08, 09. Maybe they snuck in one year there with... Uh, Alex Rodriguez. Anyway, that's on tonight. And uh, I just want to remind you, to, if you like this program, hit like, hit subscribe, and uh, you know, sign up for the uh, notifications when we do a new show. We do at least one show a week. And share with your friends on Facebook and tell your folks about, uh, your friends about this uh, and your folks too, about this program, the Pac-Man Podcast with me, Ted Flint. And all the fine programs we have for you on the bmgnetwork.com. We have my daughter, Madeline, has a great show she does on Fridays called The Essentials with Maddie Flint. She shares her views on not just politics, but on the culture, on the leftist culture in academia. She is a sophomore at SUNY Albany, and she's got some stories to tell about SUNY Albany. Some of the professors are real good, but they're so left of center politically and in every way, culturally. They're still wearing masks, a lot of them, all masked up, and they're afraid to get near you. And But anyway, she's got an interesting take on uh, on politics, being a young uh, biracial female. So she's uh, on Fridays. And uh, if you want to check out the columns we do for you on the PAC Perspective, go again to the bmgnetwork.com and look for it, the PAC Perspective. And uh, that's all we have time for. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. And if the Lord wills it, we will talk to you soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.